this computer. And we're back, guys. And I have exciting news because Alicia went to a <laughs> seminar about manifesting. So I'm very curious in picking her brain now. How do you feel, lady? Well, um, <laughs> everything in my body is excited after this conference. Um, the conference agenda was addiction, mental health, and wellness. And so there were a lot of, uh, I saw a lot of the top researchers in the field present their information and learned a lot, but there was a lot of overlap as well. And there were some um, themes that kind of kept coming up in, in everything that we were doing. And it happened in the manifesting um, part as well, which I can talk about and I will talk about. Um, since Julie's so excited about that piece in particular. Uh, but what was interesting about that piece is that they talked about the brain, what happens in the brain. And, um, you know, everybody likes evidence of things. And I, too, am a skeptic with, without a little bit of evidence. So I will go through <clears throat> some of what we talked about. Um, but first of all, it's very, very, it's very well known already what, um, what people say about it, that, you know, you think about something and then it becomes your reality. Right. So mm -hmm. basically this is how they explained it. You, if you can visualize, and I've heard this a lot, so this is, probably information that people already know. But if you can visualize yourself doing something and then also imagine what that would feel like if you were doing it, those two things in combination help create or manifest the reality. <clears throat> so that's true. But if you look at the science behind it, it has to do with what we notice every day. So if we take, for example, gratitude, Everybody talks about gratitude and what an important practice that is. Well, why is that important? Because the research has shown that most humans spend 80% of their time thinking about negative things. So gratitude retrains your brain to notice the positive things in your life. So what manifesting does is retrain your brain to notice the opportunities in your life. Yes. And I want to use this analogy, which helped me when I started my, you know, my, my um, gratitude journals and just, and just putting more gratitude in my life. Um, because this analogy really made me be like, oh, because there was a, I remember it was, I was in a seminar or I listened to some audio or something, but they're saying that if let's say gratitude is like the red car. And if you start um, saying, okay, I'm going to start noticing red cars. And then you walk out, and you go, wow, there's a lot more red cars than I've ever noticed. Or let's say you're trying to buy a car, right? And you go, Hey, I really want to get a, um, you know, a Toyota, a, a Honda Civic. I really want the Honda Civic in the new, you know, like, um, the new brownish color that they came out with. Or is it called champagne or I don't know what the hot, hot new color is. Um, chalk, no I think it's chalk or something. So <laughs> I want the a Honda Civic in chalk, right? And then when you start driving, you're going to start noticing, man, there's so many around when you didn't notice it before. So it's just, it's, it's around like the, the things that positive things are around, but if you don't start, um, 
if you, if you don't actually make a point of noticing the positive things then they don't pop up that's right that's right uh the same's happened to me with words before like someone i forget so i can't think of a word at the moment but if it's a word i haven't heard before i'll all of a sudden like i notice it like oh i haven't heard that word before i look it up and then i all of a sudden notice that people are saying that word and i'm like oh god that's weird people are saying this word a lot and it's probably not that I never heard it before, but it just, I never noticed it before. Yep. 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 So that's kind of the whole idea of manifesting is that you already have everything you want and need at your fingertips. You just have to take it. And it doesn't mean you don't put in any effort. It's not like you sit at home and you say, I'm going to be a millionaire and you don't put in any effort. You have to continuously try and talk about it. That was another thing they talked about a lot, that you have to talk about it. You have to tell people about it. You were going to say yeah. something. I was going to say, absolutely. Like, I think telling something is, and, or writing it down. or Yes, writing, yeah, writing it down was another thing. Words. Yeah. It's a, a level of commitment that you don't realize that you're doing. Because when you tell some, okay, when you keep it to yourself and you go, I'm going to, I'm going to get a million dollars, my manifesting a million dollars. And then you don't tell anybody, right? And you go, how, I wonder how it doesn't happen. Because you, number one, you haven't, we truly committed to it, right? And then you haven't also thought it like like visualize all the hows and and whys that's gonna happen and all this stuff. Cause when you're when you start telling somebody, they're not gonna they're not gonna go, oh cool, okay. And they're gonna ask why, how, how are you gonna do that? Where's it gonna come from? What's gonna you know they're gonna ask those questions. Then you're gonna get deeper and deeper into the commitment of getting there. So it's gonna be like how, why? Well, I'm gonna start a podcast, I'm gonna market it this way, I'm gonna da 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 whatever it is, right? Or I'm gonna I don't know, start a retail store. I'm going to start selling clothes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to market on Instagram. So you're going to answer all those questions. But by answering all those questions, you're committing yourself closer to whatever that goal is. Yes. And the belief system matters too, they talked about. So if you don't believe that it's a possibility that this thing can happen, then it's not going to happen. You have to believe that it's a possibility. And why wouldn't it be a possibility? Like we have no problem imagining the possibility of death or imagining the possibility of terrible things happening. So why do we have such a hard time imagining the possibility of wonderful things happening in our lives? Mm -hmm. So it's an exercise in challenging your belief system, your limiting beliefs in life. Mm -hmm. So uh, the one of the examples that the guy gave us, which I thought was like super cool, he was talking about um, that he used to fly airplanes with his dad and he uh, got certified as a pilot for private. And then he decided that he wanted to get certified as a pilot um, for commercial. And while he was getting trained in in um, commercial air flight, he decided that he needed his own airplane. And ah. he told his close friends, I, I think I'm going to buy an airplane. And they were all like, you're crazy. You're not buying an airplane. You don't need an airplane. You know what any normal fucking human would say about somebody saying that. Um, and he said that he was talking to uh, his co-pilot about what it, how you, the types of planes and how you go about purchasing one. So he just started like gathering information and talking about it. And then after their flight one day, he went into the little lobby area of wherever it was. And there was a um, 
airplane salesman in the lobby and he was upset uh saying that somebody had canceled their order for this airplane and oh. he said that what was crazy about that is that these airplanes are so highly desired that um there's usually a wait list of a couple years to get these airplanes wow. and he said he asked you know how much it is and and this and that and he, he got some more information and the guy told him that the person who was going to buy the airplane was going to lease it to the airport for training people to fly. Mm -hmm. So the airport essentially rents your airplane and that rent pays the payment on the airplane. Oh, nice. So then he went to the airport and he was talking to the people at the airport about it. And they said that, yes, that's true. And they were willing to, to do that for him. So Next thing you know, he, he loves an airplane. And he, when he was telling the story, I was thinking the way he was telling the story was a little out of order. So I was thinking as he was talking, oh, well, he probably has he's probably a millionaire. That's probably why he owns a, a, an airplane. But then as he really got into the details of the story, he was like, I don't have millions to just buy an airplane, people. He's like, this is how it happened. And he kind of explained the whole thing. And I was like, Okay, now that's really cool. That's an opportunity that he wouldn't have known about had he not been talking about it and thinking about it and paying attention to his yeah. surroundings to get it. And also on top of that, he probably did a bunch of research. So he knows what the payments were, probably from his research. He knows how much the plane would have cost. Because what if he walked in and he did no research and he just told him, I'm going to buy a plane. And then the person goes, hey, there's a plane for sale. And he goes, oh, how much is it? And go, a million dollars. They go, whoa. But if he knew, he's like, okay, I already know it's going to be a million dollars. I know that I'm going to take a loan out of it. I know that loan is going to be these these um, payments. I know the, you know what I mean? If, if you're already so familiar with it, you, it does. it's not scary. It's not, you know what I mean? So you're so much more open to it. Um, and it really reminds me of this, uh, this volunteer event that I just actually uh, participated in. And you go to corrections facilities and you go to, um, I went to a max, maximum security prison in Los Angeles. Uh, no, sorry, in California. Yeah. It was, it's, and then I found out that we went to the most violent uh, maximum security prison in California. Oh, my God, Julie. But we go in and you we, um, you know, and, and you partner up basically with a, a, a few of the, the inmates um, and we call them entrepreneurs in training. So you don't because they want to humanize them because they've been in jail for all these people have been in jail over 20 years. And um and they don't believe in themselves. They think they're, you know, like it, in that whole system, you know, like you're treated like a, like trash. So you think you are trash. You think you're, no, you're nothing and whatever. And even if they go through, um, you know, and it's hard for them to go through self-forgiveness and, and make and actually make something of themselves once they come out. So to be beneficial to society, they have created these programs where volunteers go in and then basically we go through like resume building and and just something like that but that's just not the the, the point the it, it's resume building all these things but the point of us really going is to change their whole mind of how they think of themselves and going back to your manifesting you know if every day they're telling themselves i'm i'm such a piece of shit or i I don't know anything. I'm, I'm a, you know, murderer. I'm a this, I'm a this, whatever, right? Then they're going to always stay that way. And then they're going to stay on drugs. They're going to uh, do nothing in jail. They're not going to try to benefit themselves, right? And the time 
um, and and the time that we spent with them basically was changing the voice in their head. What well, you know, like let's say even they change, they, they you know, like you said, eighty percent of the the stuff that you think about, right? So imagine just the eighty percent that's so 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 negative. What if we change one percent every time we visit, you know, or whatever it is, right? So it ends up being this snowball effect of what they could actually manifest in their lives. They can manifest real change. And when they leave, they actually could be beneficial to society. Or they actually could maybe become a motivational speaker for other inmates and say, hey, you guys could do it. Or to other people that could possibly do those crimes and they could change them before the crimes get committed. Just things like that. Like if you just change the way the, the your mind works and the mind thinks, it, you could really do anything. And this program has been around for a few years. And there's this guy that runs the program now for the Southern California unit. He was in jail for 22 years for, um, I, I don't know what crime it was, but he was in for two, 22 years. He um, started participating in these programs like on his, on his 20th year or something. So in two years, he said his mindset completely changed because he actually, because it actually gave him hope. So once it gave him hope, he was like, I could do this. I could do this. Then the self-belief came in, you know, the steps in the manifesting. Then he started being obsessed with it. So every day he would like try to read books on this or try to figure out how to do this. Or, you know, try to figure out how to be a better person, better person. Better. So that's the only thing he focused on and being a better person. When he presented himself to the board, um, they actually granted, granted him um, freedom, you know? So he got out, I think in 20... 16 and since then he ran he runs this program that goes back every i think every three weeks um brings like like 30 20 to 30 volunteers and they start changing the way inmates feel about themselves so they actually be beneficial to the society so it's been it's such a story and he said the thing that really changed was the way you think yeah and the self-belief manifesting all of that you know it's yeah. pretty amazing. One of my clients had a s- semi-similar experience in the sense that she had a childhood full of abuse and <clears throat> rejection. And she ended up addicted to cocaine. She ended up going to prison or not prison, jail. And uh she I mean she was bad. So she was like stealing all the time. She was like just not um doing well. And Going to jail ended up being her saving grace because when she was in jail, she decided to really tap into her spirituality and start challenging her beliefs about herself. And the the mantra sort of that got her through was thinking, if God can love me, then why can't I love myself? And Aww. so she started really focusing on that and really changing the way she talked to herself and thought about herself and, um, really embracing this self-love and um, spiritual connection love. And uh, through that, when she got out of jail, she was a different person. And, you know, granted, she also got her medication straight in jail and and things like that, got sober in jail, you know, like those things helped. Um, But when she got out, she really started to change her life. And now she's um, a business owner and her business has grown drastically over the past couple years and now she's probably going to sell it for a couple million dollars so you know this is somebody who came from uh childhood trauma and addiction and through her 
loving herself essentially and tapping into her, a more spiritual part of herself, she grew and and became something completely different. That's amazing. I think yeah. all of us kind of relate to that, right? All of us had a turning point somewhere that I, I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure something was, uh, you know, there was a, a aha moment for everybody. You know, and then that self-belief came in and then just made you. You're, you're so, all about the. Oops, sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. Oh, you know, I'm all about the one. You're all about the free tips, right? Yeah. So one of the things that I learned at the training that I think was so cool. It was actually at the very end. The last training that I went to, it was a guy who studies centenarians, and I guess that's people over 100, and he was interested in learning what is it about these people that's helping them live long. So he's interviewed a bunch of these people, and he's continuing his research in this department, and the things that he came up with that are helpful in um, longevity, essentially... And good quality of life. He's not interested in the 100-year-olds that don't recognize anybody and lay in bed all day. So, yeah, these people are the ones with, like, a good, fulfilling quality of life. So uh, um, the self-talk and self-love and self-forgiveness was something that's really important. And he's like, forgiveness itself is so important that I had to write an entire chapter on it. But he was talking about rituals that these people have and um, things that they do that are helpful. And he said affirmations was one of them. And so somebody raised their hand and they said, well, you know, I work with this kind of population and these people are not going to buy into this. So how do you help somebody who's not going to buy into an affirmation? And his suggestion I thought was so cool because I've never heard it quite like this before. So he was saying, if you have an affirmation that you don't believe, So let's just say one of these inmates uh, is going to say to themselves, I can be successful outside of jail without crime. Uh, And I don't know exactly how they'd say that. Maybe just like I can be successful, Uh, but they don't believe it. So what he suggested was that for five days, when you wake up in the morning, you ask yourself, if I were successful outside of jail, what would that look like? What would a person who is successful outside of jail do every day? And then each day for five days, do one thing that a person that you think a person who's successful would do. And after five days, you're going to have a little bit more faith in that affirmation and believe, yeah, I am successful outside of jail. So basically, behaving in the way that you think you should or would and then watching that turn into a belief and then watching that turn into your reality oh i like it so what if okay we gave our listeners an exercise right so let's mm-hmm. say if you say your five things talking about okay so number one you 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 list those five things that you want to do that you no, think no, it's pretty- just one thing for five days oh, one- Friday, sorry. You list that one thing. Let's say if you want to be, we're just going with successful, successful person, right? So that one thing is um, a successful people wake up um, like at, you know, six o'clock 
every morning, right? And you do it for five days. Is that something that makes sense? Okay. Yeah. And then you tell your friend, you tell three friends, I'm in the next five days, I'm going to wake up at six o'clock and I'm going to work out for half an hour. Then I'm going to go to work or something, right? Those are the things. And you tell three people, then you write down three times, I'm going to wake up at six o'clock, work out, blah, blah, for the next five days. Um, then you tell yourself in the mirror that three times, then you do it. Then you could go back after five days, because five days is not a long commitment. At the end of five days, at the end of the week, you look back and you go, how did you feel? I want to challenge our listeners to do that. That Yeah, that's really going to get it ingrained. That's really going to get it, get the juices going. Instead of just the one behavior, you're adding in the talking about it, writing about it, really embodying it, and mm-hmm. then paying attention to how that felt. Because that yeah. feeling part is really important. So- Yeah, I think that that's a great exercise for people, for sure. Um, But also you said looking in the mirror and talking to yourself. That was another thing that they talked about. um, uh, Which training was that where they talked about that? Oh, it was the manifesting one, actually. He said, if you can stare at yourself in the mirror for three minutes and just say kind things, only Mm -hmm. kind things to yourself. He said, you'd be surprised. And he says, you can do it with your partner as well. He said, look into your partner's eyes for three minutes and just tell them what you like about them. Send them love for three minutes. And he said, you'd be surprised what a difference it can make in how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your partner. Oh, and you don't have to also just do your partner. You could do with your kids. You do with your sisters, your parents, your siblings, your friends. You know, you could do with anybody. So yeah. whoever who ideally the people that you struggle with or even that you don't struggle with it's anybody you could have these conversations and I really would love to hear feedback on this this seems very exciting and that makes me feel like I want to do that right now I know right um and he said that you you'll probably get the sense that three minutes is a long time (laughs) no when people say you know even when you're uh, you you do public speaking or you have to oh you have a minute to do whatever when you have a minute to just focus on just you, you got to talk to treatment. It's a long time. Yeah. It's to fill it with something meaningful. <laughs> For three minutes. Yeah. It, it probably does feel like a long time. Um, I also want to say about the um, forgiving piece. He said that um, if you ever get into an argument with somebody that he has a a ritual that he does when he gets into an argument with somebody and it it would be like let's just say you and I are arguing it would say um the spirit within me forgives the spirit within Julie the spirit within Julie forgives me all is forgiven and if you continuously say that to yourself essentially then it helps promote actually feeling like you forgive someone and you can do it with yourself as well since we're talking about being a critic of yourself and not believing in yourself and um probably treating yourself poorly um if if that's something that you've been doing you could try this mantra with yourself the spirit within me forgives the self-critic in me the self-critic in me forgives me all is forgiven. Oh. What if you, because it sounds a little like the spirit part, you know, it sounds like it could be religious or whatever. Are there other words that could replace spirit? Like maybe the well, soul 
or the inner or the inner child in me or the what you could could you replace with other things or no? Do you think I'll I'm still sure be a- I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. But I will say spirituality was a huge theme in the the conference and my very favorite researcher who's very scientific actually said the words spirituality is science. Wow. Yeah. Who's that person? Dr. Dan Siegel. I love him. He's my new best friend. He <laughs> hugged me at the conference, so I'm pretty sure that we're like connected for life. Oh, I am jelly right now. <laughs> I posted pictures on Instagram so you can you can be envious. <laughs> Probably nobody even knows who these people are, but to me, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm seriously so jealous right now. Uh-huh. And I'm so jealous you went to the conference. I bet you, you just felt so good and so full, you know, by the end of it. Ooh. Well, okay. Julie knows some stuff that's been going on in my life and we'll probably get into it at some point um, in the near future. But I wasn't feeling good at the conference. I was not. Oh. The first couple of days, I was really like pulling out of this funk that I've been in. And, um, I, I had a lot of, I noticed a lot of insecurities and a lot of anxiety at the conference. And, um, I think it was still, it was amazing. I learned so much. I took away so much. Um, and I needed a little bit of time to process it afterwards. So like, you know, this podcast and and today has really been the first day that I feel like I've really digested all of the stuff that, that was input into me this week. Uh, but there's, I'm sure there's going to be more to come from, from this conference and, and what we talk about. Uh, I want to dive more. Like, I think this has to be a multiple episode uh, conversation for sure. Because like, how long was the, the um, conference? Like an eight hour conference all day? Yeah, pretty much. Um, the first day wasn't quite eight hours. I think it started at like one o'clock. Um, so maybe five hours or something the first day. And then the rest of them were pretty, pretty long days. So it was a lot of information. I saw, um, a lot of the, you would be interested to know that the, the first speaker I heard, and I heard him a couple times while I was there, um, he's 80 years old and he was on the ground floor of defining trauma. Ooh. So the definition that we have today of trauma, he helped create. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. You mean define in the dictionary of trauma? Yeah. Wow. And Dr. Dan Siegel defines the mind. Nobody had ever defined the mind before. So he came up with the definition for the mind, which um, sadly I don't think is is well known yet, but hopefully it will be because it's really amazing stuff. Oh, man, there's so much to dissect and this is so excited yeah you so, go by, by speaker too we could yeah i've got all my notes here so <laughs> we can do this um yeah so anyway the the theme of believing saying visualizing and writing down and feeling was the whole concept behind manifesting and 
you know, it gets into the whole wellness concept of what the average person thinks of as the brain or the mind being connected to the body, because everything that we feel emotionally, we feel somewhere in our body. So when we can bring our body into what we're doing, we make it more likely to happen, which is where that, that action piece, that feeling piece really comes into the whole thing. And when you you talk about visualizing and visualizing, I always try to use all five senses. And I know people are like, no, your eyes are visual. No, but this is how I see. I see like when you visualize it, I close my eyes and I really see myself walking through. Let's say if it's me going, I want to, um, you know, buy a new car. Like I visualize myself in this Honda Civic. So I literally see myself opening a door, going in, putting the um, driver, you know, key. I don't think that you put keys in cars anymore, but uh, you know what I mean? And then you turn it on. It's so funny you say that because this morning I had to drive my mom's car and hers has a key. And I was like, oh, I forgot that I have to have a key for a car. (laughs) Exactly. So and then, but not just that, but like you feeling, you visualize yourself feeling yourself sitting in the seat. Like literally, mm. is it cloth seats? Is it leather seats? You have to feel that. You feel the air conditioning turn on. You smell the air conditioning and the new car scent. You literally, like when, when you're opening the door, you're feeling the metal and the plastic against your hand. You have you seriously picture yourself, you vi- visualize yourself so much in it that it is everything that you could imagine of whatever this new car is or whatever your goal is, right? So remember that say the details to think of it in as much specific detail as you can. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. They said that, uh, the specifics matter. And, and I was hearing that before I went to the conference, but, um, so like, instead of just saying, I want to be wealthy, how much do you want to make? How much do you want to make? You need to pick your number because they told the story of Jim Carrey. I didn't know that Jim Carrey was really into manifesting, But I guess the whole thing with Jim Carrey was that he told himself um, at at, um, five years before he blew up that he was going to make $10 million. And he actually wrote himself a check for $10 million and he put it in his wallet and he carried it around with him all the time. And they said uh, it was like five days before it had been five years or something like that. He landed his first contract that was going to pay him that amount of money or more or whatever it was. And so basically he manifested it by just believing that it was possible and thinking about it on a regular basis and setting a specific time frame too. This is what he did. I think he said it was going to be in five years or something along those lines. In the next five years, I'm going to make Yeah, he went over. Yeah, he went over, he announced all that, but he also talked about the other part, the action part. He said, I didn't go home and eat a sandwich after that you know what i mean like he yeah so he he put in the the footwork to to get where he needed to go and that's important that's an important piece of the puzzle is we can't just sit back and expect things to happen for us so with that, I think Julie has a hard stop today, but we we discovered a lot of good things. We talked about a lot of good stuff. And um, hopefully you guys have some exercises to try out and consider. And uh, again, this was all based in science. So check it out.